I'm not the house of cards that falls down easily Ooh, I'm strong enough to handle what you throw at me Welcome to Mental Health News Radio. I'm your host, Kristen Sunanta-Walker. Just what are we going to discuss? The intimacy that is mental health. Let's continue to make it as comfortable as discussing brain health or heart health. This show has been on the air for several years and we have amazing co-hosts. And then we created a network of podcasters on mentalhealthnewsradionetwork.com, a place where every possible facet of mental well-being can be talked about openly. My show, after several hundred interviews, the format is this. Intimate, deep, funny, touching, sometimes uncomfortable, but always vulnerable conversations with interesting people. The goal is to have you, our listening family, many of you who have become my good friends, feel as though you are listening in on private conversations. Thank you for tuning in and becoming part of this amazing journey with me and now with our network of podcasters. Just knowing this podcast might be helping any of you realize you are not alone on this journey called being a human being makes doing this podcast worth every second. Welcome to Mental Health Perspectives with your host, Dr. John Huber, who is chairman of Mainstream Mental Health, and Ms. Kristen Sonata-Walker, host of Mental Health News Radio. Learn more about Dr. Huber by going to his website at MainstreamMentalHealth.org. Learn more about Ms. Kristen Sonata-Walker by going to her website at MentalHealthNewsRadio.com. Dr. Huber, Ms. Walker. Welcome to the show. Hope you're both doing unbelievable. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Well, today we ponder where America is, and some people are saying that a famous and famed film writer and director, Mr. Mike Judge, is a prophet ahead of his time because they're talking about his 2006 film, Idiocracy, in that it has become a reality. And some of the reasons why they're citing that it has become a reality is because, as in the film, we're constantly bombarded with ads. The English language has diminished substantially. And we have people on reality shows that are basically you know, taking prominent positions of power. So, Dr. Huber, what is your perspective on that prophecy? And what do you think, do you think that it's come true, that we are basically a living embodiment of the 2006 film, The Idiocracy? <laughs> Well, I think it's all about electrolytes. It needs to have electrolytes. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, you know, I, I think, I think Mike Judge is, is a genius in, in himself comically. You know, I don't, don't always, uh, get an opportunity to appreciate all that he does, but that film has been around since 2006. And almost immediately, I started talking about it in my lectures at the university. Um, and he, he spelled out so much of what was happening at, at the very early stages at that point, uh, as far as all the advertisement, where it is in everything we do and see. Uh, he started talking about about the the language just kind of falling apart. I mean, shortly before then, maybe within the previous five or 10 years, you started seeing words like ain't now in the dictionary. And it's like, that was slang and that was not proper English. And, you know, I mean, not, not even proper American English. 
So <laughs> we uh, we started that road, and he started talking about through his satire how it was going to greatly affect the things we do, and we see that now. And just a few years after that, we had the invention of smartphones, and that accelerated things so fast. It's it's unbelievable how how much of what he talked about went through, and you know, and and then the supporting documents that are out there. You know, we know he talked about how the the intelligent people who aren't caught up in all this kind of stuff, how they're not putting out enough offspring to maintain uh, enough higher intelligent people, and then he talks about how you know. People who don't have an education, that's kind of like their pastime. Let's see how many kids we can have in that show. And, you know, shortly thereafter, I saw an article in The Onion about how if parents are, neither one of them graduated from high school, they average over six children per family. And then we already know that if both parents have a college degree, uh, we, we average less than one child per family. So what are we doing to our gene pool and, you know, Mike Judge eloquently reminds us that there is no lifeguard in that pool. And uh, <laughs> I like to <laughs> refer to him as, as often as I can, and I think he is kind of a modern-day prophet, whether he wants to be or not. Kristen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I just throw out two things that, you know, not saying I believe them, but A, could he have been a part of creating reality by doing that movie and affecting so many people that he planted that seed in our psyches and so we lived up to what was put out there that's one theory <laughs> and the other is are we not digressing are we actually getting because our language and everything is becoming shorter and shorter and shorter are we moving closer to being able to communicate telepathically that's that's all i have to say about those two things <laughs> So you're kind of taking the Isaac Asimov model here that, you know, we, we created um, satellites because of a story Isaac Asimov wrote in, in sci-fi way back in the day and, and the uh, Star Trek model where we have smartphones like they came up with, you know. So we, we could, where's the tricorder? That's what you I'm waiting for. never know. <laughs> exactly. I want the tele – I want the uh, – not the, it's not called the teleporter, but um, I, I want that machine that – Sends our particles to a whole other location. Yeah. Well, uh, and see, there's another story. It's kind of disturbing. There's a new game. It's, it's called uh, Momo. It's a WhatsApp suicide game, and apparently, young kids uh, across the world are starting to play this. It's another suicide game, and uh, you know, the authorities are warning people not to play it. From both your perspectives, we'll start with you, uh, Miss Walker. Why do you think that games like this that are about suicide tend to gravitate towards younger kids? And then we also have shows like 13 Reasons Why. Why would they, you know, a game or film series about suicide gravitate and resonate so deeply with, with children? Why would they be so inclined to participate in something like this? Well, I think that kids, I know I didn't think that I was going to die when I was a kid, so... Um, doing, I mean, just, I just bought a horse as an example, and it's going to be a while before I ride it. And when I was a kid, I used to run around the canyons of Southern California bareback on a horse through quicksand and rivers and, 
you know, without even thinking about it. So they don't have the cognitive functioning yet to understand or to really fear, um, you know, death. And so I don't think they take it as seriously, but I do worry about the effect that um, dipping into those things has on their brains. I mean, think about all the cartoons that we watch with Warner Brothers and, uh, you know, <laughs> Roadrunner, everybody getting blown up, killed, all that. And I never thought about that as, oh, that's a death. It was funny. So part of it is I don't think they really have the ability to understand that. And the other part is, and this is a sadistic part, I think, is it's a moneymaker for um, these companies that put this kind of information out. These shows, they tap into um, the angst or angst, however you, tomato, tomato, however you put that word, and do a very good job of marketing it. So they tap into what's going on with kids today, and those kind of things are, are really popular. Um, and they're popular for the sensationalism and the, um, you know, the angst that's going on with with all these kids, uh, and they're just really marketed well. And it does, it's the same reason kids play video games where they shoot and kill people. Um, it, you know, it's the same reasons there that they're looking for that stimulus. Uh, what are your thoughts, Dr. Ura? Well, you know, I kind of agree with what Kristen's saying, but at the same time I start wondering what kind of person thinks that it's okay to put that kind of a video together? Forget about the corporate, forget about the money. What kind of individual thinks that it's appropriate to do that? When you know you have kids who have a difficulty, especially today with the video games, identifying reality from fantasy and death is permanent. You know, we've got that that mindset that we're indestructible as children anyhow, but then you're teaching them to those video games that maybe I'm just going to rematerialize five seconds later in another part of the game. Uh, Good point. That it, it, it's a scary thing, and, and it speaks tons that it's not getting more attention than it is to think that it's okay to write a, a game an app that encourages you to attempt suicide. And those people, I think, should be held liable. I think that's almost criminal if it's not literally criminal. It's it's worse than yelling fire in a movie theater because you've got these kids in isolation. They don't realize they're in isolation. They think they're on social media doing something social, but they're not, and they're depressed, and they're wrapped up in that Internet world and it, it's just a very scary thing. And, and you know, the minute I saw that story, I was out trying to tell people, hey, don't do this. I sent it out to my kids' school district, to the administration. Mm-hmm. Hey, watch for these kids. If they're playing this game or they're talking about it, be aware of what it is. And it's a scary thing. I know, I know, no one likes commercials. But seriously, folks, without the help from these organizations, we could not stay on the air. Please give a shout out to zencharts.com. If you're a mental health or addiction treatment center, you'll want to use their EHR. It's gorgeous. And they're just good people. And also mygenetics, M-Y-G-E-N-E-T-X.com, because knowing your genetic code empowers your mental health treatment. And lastly, copenotes.com, 
We love getting positive messages right to our phones every day from Johnny Crowder. He's the lead singer of Prison, a heavy metal band sharing their music about suicide prevention, addiction recovery, and mental health. See, that was painless. Support them as they support us. Back to the show. Well, I mean, I don't know, probably going to be surprised by this, but we have got a piece of wonderful news that just came out this morning. It said that right now, a new study has come out that cell phone use among adults has actually plummeted by 60%, and people are spending 30% more time outside than they did as early as five years ago. Can you believe this? Is, is, well, of course, with true. my radio show, pushing that, well, pushing I, people to spend more time outside. I have to tell you, I was just completely <laughs> making it up. No, that's not true at all. <laughs> actually, another it was a study. Oh. No. No, the study came out and said that adults, <laughs> no, adult, uh, adults are now spending 50% of their time interacting with media and uh, only That's spending right. seven hours a day going outside. I know. I wanted to get everyone's hopes up for a second, but it, it's, it's pretty amazing <laughs> that um, according to this new study by the Nielsen Total Audience Report, it says adults spend nearly half their day consuming media. So that is time in front of a screen, and we're not talking about even time that they're spending sleeping. So you think about the human interaction element from both of your perspectives. And we'll start with you, Dr. Huber. What do you think are some of the negative aspects of spending all of your time in front of a screen and not getting enough time in front of other people? Well, I think I think we know that screen time – increases the likelihood that you are going to become depressed if you're not already. There's research out there that says it's actually causal for depression. And then we turn around and it, it supports and a, provides a platform for Mike Judge's prophecy to come true that everything is full of advertising, advertising and media, and we're just there to spend our dollars and we're nothing else but a machine to keep our economy moving forward. And I think it's very disturbing. Well, you, Ms. Walker. I think it is, too. And I think what's interesting is it, it, it dulls you so much that you, you're, and you're so, uh, you become so addicted to that quick hit of, of stimulus that you forget what it's like and the time that it takes to appreciate walking around outside, being outside, being around other people. You don't get that as quick of a hit from that. You notice thing, you know, you notice your well-being um, getting better and you feeling better over time as you do things like spend more time outside, take a walk in nature, spend time with friends. So we're so used to that rapid fire, you know, getting our needs met that um, just the time it takes to enjoy the simple things in life. Uh, it's those are getting further and further away from us. And, and you're right, Dr. Huber, where we are all getting more depressed by doing this. We're going to end up like that movie um, with a little robot that I can't think of the name of. <laughs> Is it Wally? Wally. 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 Yes. That was, I, I watched that movie and I thought, Oh, that is exactly <laughs> another uh, movie that tells us, you know, this is what our future could look like if we're not careful. You know, I'm really glad wow. you brought up Wally because that, that's going to lead to another uh, question. Is that if you're an adult and you enjoy watching children's films, do you have mental health issues? Because I, I guess from a personal <laughs> perspective, 
I, I, I could watch adult. I, I love uh, the, these kids' movies. I think they're so fun. And I don't know. I, I kind of wonder, is something wrong? Is something wrong there? I mean, can, if you're an adult and you enjoy these movies, what does that reveal about your mental health? I think it's a wonderful. I think it's a respite. I mean, you know, we get inundated every day by so much advertisement, so much bad news. I mean, you know, there's 315 channels and everything is bad news because it sells. And, and to be able to take a couple hours or even for a five or 10 minute cartoon to sit and watch that that is designed for kids that is about something, you know, under some underlying moral story or message. Uh, I think it's kind of cleansing the palate for a moment. And I think individuals who strive for that may, may have fewer resources available or maybe fewer coping mechanisms and they need that break. Those people who are looking for it, but for everybody else who maybe they're, they're coping okay when they go do that, man, that's a break. It's like a little mini vacation that they don't have to cope and deal with the bad news. And I think it might actually be kind of healthy in, in limited amounts. All right. And that concludes today's edition of Mental Health Perspectives. I want to give special thanks to our incredible host, Dr. John Huber, Chairman for Mainstream Mental Health. Learn more about him by going to his website at MainstreamMentalHealth.org. And then we also have the talented, incredible Ms. Kristen Sonata Walker, host of Mental Health News Radio. Learn more about her by going to the website at MentalHealthNewsRadio.com. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you back here next week. Sometimes I'm passive-aggressive, but never without good intentions. I heat up and act on my emotions. Thanks so much for listening to Mental Health News Radio. Our podcast can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, and hundreds of other podcast apps. Or you can visit our website at mentalhealthnewsradio.com. If you have a question or would like to be a guest, become a podcaster on our network, or join the amazing organizations that help keep us on the air, please email us at info at mhnrnetwork.com. Get ready for that special goodbye from our resident therapy dog, Miles, and a special thanks to Emily Sohn for letting us use her incredible song, Cordial, for our podcast music. Listen to the full song on SoundCloud at emily.sonne. Don't be surprised when I don't hate on you. After all we promised, we'd be cordial.